if you have your Bibles. Open it to Acts chapter 2. <laughs> Beginning at verse number 1. We're going to continue what we started last week. Amen. We started a new series last week. And we called the series Sound Effects. Not sound effects. Sound effects. Because how many of you in this place know that sound will affect your mood? Sound will affect your mind. Come on, somebody. Sound will affect your situation. And sound will ultimately affect your destiny. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying, saints? And so I'm going to do a quick recap because I feel like being nice. For those of you who were not here last week, so that you can just flow with us into what God has for us today. Amen. And I'm just going to read off to you the points from last week's sermon in just a moment. Amen. Hallelujah. So you can kind of catch up with us. Amen. And then I'm just going to get right into it. Glory to God. Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse number 1. I read today in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, and the word of the Lord says this so. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. You know, at this point in my life, that's the only sound I'm interested in hearing. One that comes from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled some of the house. It filled all the house where they were sitting. And I'm going to stop right there. My prayer is that it does that in this place today. That that sound would hit this place, fill the whole house where all of you are sitting. Now, before I, before I pray, let me just say I'm, I'm using this text as a backdrop. I'm not going to preach what us preachers refer to as an expository sermon. And for those of you who don't know, an expository sermon is a sermon where you take a story in the Bible. And you take that one story and then verse by verse, line upon line, precept upon precept, you break it down. Uh, that is the safest kind of preaching. But today I'm going to attempt to preach what we refer to as a textual message. It's where we take one text and then we use plenty of other texts in the scripture to validate the main point. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It is the risky kind of preaching because your chances to get off or out of context become greater when you preach a textual message. Amen. Hallelujah. But that's the challenge that I have on today. Amen. So I just wanted to let you know that I'm using this text as a backdrop. We're going to go to several other places tonight. Amen. I just want you to be ready. We're going to be talking about sound effects. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we worship you and we magnify your name. We thank you for the opportunity to lift up holy hands before you. We thank you, Lord God, that we have an audience with you. And now, God, hallelujah, speak in this place. As I move to the side, hallelujah, let your Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit be my mouthpiece on today. Minister to your people in a mighty way, right now word, right now word in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. And the church said, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Very quickly, if you can go back to last week, hallelujah, my first point on last week, I want to recap really quick. One of the things that we said, and it's going to be an ongoing thing throughout this series, is that you have to understand that sound precedes manifestation. Sound precedes manifestation. You hear the train coming before you see the train coming. You hear the plane coming before you see the plane coming. Amen? Elijah the prophet said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. And when he said it, there was not a cloud in the sky because sound precedes manifestation. When the walls of Jericho came down, before those walls came down, the people of God had to make a sound. They made a sound first and then the walls came tumbling down. Why? Because sound precedes manifestation. Hallelujah. I could take it a step further. In the beginning was the word. Just the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The sound of the word in spirit form. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And then you read John chapter 1 and verse 14. It says, and the word became flesh. Why? Because sound precedes manifestation. Amen, somebody. If you ever watch movies, hallelujah. I'm, I'm hanging out on last week's first point. I, I'm already doing the wrong thing. Listen, if you ever watch movies, hallelujah, you will notice, amen, hallelujah, that before something great uh, is going to happen in the movie, there's always a sound that's going to precede what's about to happen. Are you following what I'm saying? So understand that. That's very important. Amen. Next point. Silence is seasonal. <laughs> Silence is seasonal. Amen. Watch this. If, listen, before God told the people of Israel to make a sound that made the walls come down on day seven, for six days, he told them, say nothing. And so understand, hallelujah, that, that silence is seasonal. That there are times where you are to sit still and say nothing. I know that's hard for some of us. They had to do it for six days. Some of us can't do it for six minutes. Come on, somebody. Could you imagine that? Don't say nothing for six days, whole days. And then on the seventh day, let it all out. So understand, hallelujah, that you can't just be making the same sound all the time. Because if you never take a moment to pause, you will not hear a new sound from God so that you can release. And so watch this, amen. While we ought to make a sound, understand that silence is seasonal. There are times where you ought to be quiet for a bit. Be still. Amen. Glory to God. Next point. Your sound cannot be led by your sight. Your sound cannot be led by your light. Last week, we talked about Paul and Silas being in prison for doing nothing wrong. And they were beaten, and their legs were fastened to the stocks. They were in the lowest part of the prison, and if that wasn't a dark enough situation, it was midnight. And the Bible says that they didn't let what they were seeing <laughs> affect them. Are you following what I'm saying? They, they started praising and praying, hallelujah, and their sound was not led by their sight. If their sound, listen, was led by their sight, they probably wouldn't have said nothing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because sometimes we allow what we see to quiet our praise. But they were in a dark situation and didn't even have a reason to praise yet and still made a sound. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you got to have the attitude that says, though I don't see my healing yet, I still going to release a sound. 
though my situation has not been transformed, I'm still going to release a sound. Even though my money is still acting funny, I'm still going to release a sound. Even though, hallelujah, some of these loved ones that have strayed away have not come back, I'm still going to release a sound. I'm not going to allow what I see affect the sound that I make. You know that story like I do. The sound <laughs> shook the whole place. But that was, that was last week. Hallelujah. We determined, hallelujah, last week, hallelujah, that somebody else needs your sound. Because your sound must seep. In other words, hallelujah, if you remember last week, you have to have the kind of sound that can leave your little prison cell and invade somebody else's and affect them. And if you know that story that we talked about last week, hallelujah, Paul and Silas's praise was so powerful that it didn't only just set them free, but it set free the people that couldn't praise. People that were bound, locked up, out of strength, discouraged, and were not giving God a praise, heard a praise that affected them to the point, hallelujah, where their chains came loose. My God, sometimes when you can't give a praise, you should be in the vicinity of somebody who knows how to praise. God, help me in here. You should always be tight with somebody who knows how to praise God. Hallelujah. Because when I'm out of strength and I don't have a praise, I need your praise. When I can't make a sound because of my circumstance or my situation, I need your sound. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Somebody in this place today perhaps came in weak. Hallelujah. Distraught, discouraged, discontented. Hallelujah. Had a hard time lifting your hands because of what's transpiring or what has transpired in your life today. Let me just tell you something in here. You are all right. Just sit there. Hallelujah. And be quiet because God placed some people around you who know how to make a sound. Hallelujah. That will affect your situation and your circumstance. So I need somebody in here to just take the 30 seconds, hallelujah, for that person, for that person, hallelujah, and give God a praise. Somebody else needs your sound. Ooh. The next thing we talked about, hallelujah, is how the glory was coming to the gathering. And we, we underestimate the power of coming together. But this text that we just started reading right now says that they were all in one mind and in one accord. They were united. The psalmist said that it is that place, in that place of unity, that God commands a blessing. It's not that there might be a blessing. When there is unity in the house, God commands a blessing. It is automatic, hallelujah. That's why it behooves us, hallelujah, when we come in here, not to come in here with a bad attitude. I don't know if you were here last week, but I told everybody last week, hallelujah, as much as I want you to be here, if you're going to come in here with a bad attitude, you might as well watch on Facebook Live. Because, hallelujah, if the attitude you come in here with is negative and it affects the person that is sitting next to you, then what it does is that it affects the blessing that is supposed to be for all of us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If somebody comes in with a bad attitude, then we can't be in one mind and one accord. And if that bad attitude infects the person next to you, it affects the blessing that's supposed to be for all of us. And, and quite frankly, I don't want you to mess it up for me. There's a blessing, hallelujah, with all of our names on it. The key is one mind and one accord. 
Some of us underestimate the power of the corporate anointing. Amen. And some of us don't see the blessing because we don't know how to partner up, hallelujah, with what's happening in the house. When he sent that sound, he said, I'm going to send it to the place and the whole place is going to get full. He didn't say I was sending it to a person. He said, I'm sending it to a place. And so gather in that place and the whole place is going to be full. And Whatever hits the place is going to hit everybody in the place. Oh, God, have mercy in this place. Hallelujah. This is why the Bible says one can put a thousand to flight. Now, you know, I'm not an expert in math, but I would think that if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put two thousand to flight. But in the kingdom of God, that's not how it works. The Bible says one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand. Do you understand, hallelujah, what happens when we get in one of mind? And one accord, if you're blessed in here, shout glory. Let me get the next one. Where there is a gathering in God, there is a suddenly of God. Where there is a gathering in God, there is a suddenly of God. The Bible says that as they were in one mind and one accord, suddenly. And I don't know about you, but that's where I want to be. I want to be in the place where the suddenlies of God can take place. Amen? That's going to happen in the gathering. Amen? If you can hear it, you can see it. If you can hear it, you can see it. Watch this. The Bible says, and there came a sound from heaven. And if you read the rest of it, it says, and then appeared unto them. Watch this. Sound first, then appearance. If you can hear it, you can see it. If, if, if you study that text, you'll find out that God first dealt with their hearing. Amen, somebody? After he dealt with their hearing, he adjusted their eyes. God help me in here. Uh, some of you ain't seeing right because you ain't hearing right. God help me in here. Watch this. And then they started talking right. Watch, watch, watch. They started talking based on what they heard and what they saw. Ooh. And it all comes down to a sound. Okay. If a baby does not speak by a certain age, what's the first thing they do? They check their ears. They check their ears because here's the reality. If you ain't speaking, it's probably because you ain't hearing. And, and, oh, and if, I was pre if I was preaching expository and I was talking about the gift of tongues, I would tell you, hallelujah, watch this, that if you ain't speaking, you ought to check what you're hearing. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Oh, God, have mercy in here. Watch this. All right, wait, let's, let's, let's not go there just yet. That's my first point for today. Take it off. Are you blessed in here, church? All right, that was recap. Amen? So one of the things that's going to be a continuing theme is this. Hallelujah. Please always keep in mind that sound precedes manifestation. Amen? How many of you like to catch a good movie every now and again? Amen. All right, don't leave me up here by myself. Watch this. Every great movie 
has a great soundtrack. God help me in here. Uh, most really good movies are known by their soundtrack. Uh, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. You can't talk about a movie like Star Wars and not talk about the soundtrack. You can't talk about Rocky. That song will mess everybody up in here. I could be discouraged. You put that song on and something starts happening. Anyway. <laughs> you talk about movies like Jaws. These movies are famous for their soundtrack. Listen, we determined last week, hallelujah, that a picture can change just by adding sounds. You remember that, hallelujah? I would even take it a step further, hallelujah. Uh, even in the video gaming world, which is a big industry today, they will tell you, watch this, hallelujah, that hearing is believing. That hearing is believing, not necessarily seeing. With all the HD and the graphics and how far they have come, they will tell you that it is the soundtrack that makes you feel like you're in that thing. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? So if, you've been, if you were here last week, you're beginning to understand, hallelujah, that sound has power. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah. We, de we determined that last week, hallelujah, that sound cannot be limited simply to communication. Because if you read the Genesis account, you realize that sound was even used in creation. And before God made anything, he released the sound. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So my sound, watch this, sets atmospheres. My sound has creative power. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here, church? Ooh, God have mercy in here. They say a picture is worth a thousand words. And that is probably true. However, as powerful as sight is, sound rivals its impact. I said sound rivals its impact because sound can change the picture easily. We determined last week if we had a picture, hallelujah, of a man sitting at a campfire, it would be a picture of warmth. But you go ahead and add an off-scene sound, like the sound of an owl, and not only, watch this, is it a picture of warmth now, but it's a picture of a man who is lonesome. You add the sound of a wolf, and now, hallelujah, you go from, watch this, lonesome to fearful. <laughs> you add the sound of a gunshot, and now you understand that the man is not alone. That there is someone else at a distance, hallelujah, and the question now is whether he's a friend or foe. Remember that? So understand, hallelujah, that the sound can change the picture. Are you in this place? Hallelujah. Take me to Mark chapter 10, verse number 46. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you about this particular man. You know him very well. Amen. You know, when, whenever, how many of you are familiar with the story of Jesus' triumphal entry? That's not this, but when, when you remember Jesus' triumphal entry, the Bible says that when they saw Jesus coming in on a donkey, they begin to shout out loud and make a boastful sound right unto the Lord. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. They made the sound after they saw him moving. That's not a problem for anybody. The question is, can you make a sound even though you don't see him moving? And so I want to talk to you about a man 
who can't see him moving yet opens his mouth. Are you in this place, church? All right, let's talk about him. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out, now I want you to see that. As he went out of Jericho, he was on his way out with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. Next verse. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. In other words, be quiet, man. But he cried, the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still, my God, and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, and he casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee. And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Last verse. And Jesus said unto him, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately received he his sight, and he followed Jesus. Woo! Now put my first point for today up there real quickly, hallelujah, because I want you to see this in the text. Your sound can change his schedule. Now, that's a deep statement right there. Hallelujah. And some of you scholars are looking at me like, I don't know that that's possible. I'm going to show you that it's possible. Your sound can, if, if you don't like the word change, let me use another word, alter his schedule. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want you to notice what the text said. The text said that Jesus was on his way out of Jericho. But watch this. Somebody released a praise that made Jesus stop. So watch this. He's on his way out. He's on his way somewhere else because your God is a moving God and he's always moving to something or somewhere. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But there is a praise that will make, there is a sound that will make him, watch this, stop. In other words, hallelujah, alter his schedule because a sound that was released. Are you in this place? Hallelujah. Some of you don't believe me, so let me give you another example of what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. How, how many of you remember the wedding at Cana? You remember the wedding at Cana, hallelujah? What happened at that wedding? They ran out of wine, hallelujah. Wine being indicative of joy, amen, somebody? And so watch this. They ran out of wine, and Mary goes to Jesus and says, Jesus, do something about it. And Jesus looks at Mary, and he says these words. Woman, is not my time. Oh, you, do you hear what I just said? In other words, what you're asking me for is off schedule. God, help me. And then watch what she does. She looks at his disciples and says, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. And if you know that story like I do, hallelujah, you know what he did. He changed the water into wine and brought forth a miracle that according to Jesus was off schedule because of the sound of faith. Okay, that's not enough. You need another one. Let me give you another one. There was a woman, hallelujah, she's referred to in the Bible as the Seraphonician woman. The Seraphonician woman. She finds Jesus and she tells Jesus, Jesus, help me. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Jesus, help me. My daughter is vexed with a demon. 
and I need you to free her. And Jesus looks at this woman and says, woman, it is not meat for me to give the children's bread to dogs. And he was referring, watch this, to the people of Israel. He said, right now, my assignment is for the house of Israel. And it wouldn't be right for me, hallelujah, to alter that schedule for an outsider, a Gentile. It's not time for you right now. But she looked at him and she said, you know what? You are right. But even the dogs get to eat from the crumbs that fall off the master's table. And so Jesus looked at this woman's faith and says, your faith. Ah, has healed your daughter. And so this woman with a sound of faith calls Jesus to do a miracle off schedule. Are you in this place, church? God, help me in here. Y'all don't, don't seem to look convinced. Hallelujah. Let me try one last time. Hallelujah. There's another story in the Bible. Watch this, where, where um, a particular man comes to Jesus, a centurion comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, my servant is sick and I need you to heal him. And so Jesus figured, all right, let me do what I do for everybody else. So let's just go to your house. And this man said, hold on a minute. You don't have to come to my house. Oh, and I like this man's faith because in essence what he's saying, because you walking to my house is going to take time. And my servant ain't got that kind of time. So just speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. And I can't get into the whole story, but if you know the story like I do, hallelujah, the servant got healed. When he got home, he asked his servants, when did the child get healed? And the text let us know that it was the moment Jesus spoke because there is a sound of faith, hallelujah, that'll take time out of the equation. And cause, hallelujah, something that was on schedule for later happen now. Does anybody believe it in here? Does anybody got that kind of faith in here? Oh, uh, no, no, no. See, you want to know what the crazy thing is? The crazy thing is that he was a centurion. He was a Gentile. Jesus looked at everybody else and said, I haven't seen this kind of faith in all of the house of Israel. He said, my God, it took somebody outside the church to make me move off schedule. And I'm just wondering if I got people in the church that have become so familiar with the presence of God that they can't praise him with faith. But if in this house I got at least one or two people that have a sound of faith, take 30 seconds right there where you are and release that sound in this house. If you believe, if you believe, if you believe, things my Bible says now faith I wish I had somebody in here who had now faith faith for right now see the problem with some of us is that we see him as the God of yesterday and then there's another group of us that see him as the God of tomorrow but you have to understand that he's the God of right now that's why when he gets to Lazarus' tomb, hallelujah, the first sister looks at him and says, hallelujah, if you would have been here, this would have never happened to my brother. In other words, you're too late because you're the God of yesterday. 
And Jesus looked at him and said, woman, your brother shall rise. Show me where he is. And then the other one, the other sister comes to him and says, hallelujah. Listen, leave him alone. It's been four days. The body is, is going through rigor mortis. It's decaying. And this is a very stinky situation. And Jesus said, hallelujah, your brother shall rise again. And she said, yeah, I know, I know. I know he's going to rise in the resurrection. When the resurrection comes, he said, woman, I am the resurrection. And didn't I tell you that if you just believe, you would see the glory of God. I'm not just the God of yesterday, and I'm not just the God of tomorrow. I'm the God of right now. Move the stone. Oh, God, help me in here. Do I got a people that believe he can do it right now? Woo. Your sound can alter his schedule. If I don't say nothing else, hallelujah, that should take your praise to another level. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The next thing I want to say, put it up there real quickly, hallelujah. Your sound will change your setting. I said your sound will change your setting. Notice the text. We're talking about blind Bartimaeus. The Bible says, hallelujah, that he was on the floor at the edge of the highway begging. But he started making a sound. And as he made the sound, hallelujah, watch this. The Bible says Jesus stood still. After Jesus is still, watch this, the Bible says that Jesus called for him. And the very ones that told him to be quiet had to usher him, watch this, right smack into the presence of God. Because that's what a real sound will do. That's what worship does. Is usher you into the presence of Almighty God. The sound changed his setting. He was on the floor begging. Now he's standing in the presence of God and God is saying, what do you need me to do for you? All that because of a sound. Are you in this place, church? If Paul and Silas were here, they would tell you a sound changed our setting. Not just our setting, but everybody else in the place that heard the sound. And we went, watch this, from a setting of bondage to a setting of freedom. All because of a sound. The sound changed my scene. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. The sound moved me into the presence of Almighty God. My God, help me in here. You tired of being in that low place? Make a sound. God, help me in here. See, we get it twisted. We're in a low place and we stop making a sound. But blind Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus will tell you, hallelujah, you find yourself in a low place. You don't stop making the sound. Oh. Are you in this place? Watch this. Put the next one up there. I got to hurry. Your sound can change your sight. Your sound can change your sight. Now, we know that it was God that healed his eyes, but it came through a sound that he made. Are you in this place, church? Your sound can change. Watch this. Sometimes I have to praise him anyway so that I can gain perspective. 
God help me in here. Because a lot of times I don't see a situation correctly. But then I get in his presence and start making a sound. And when I start praising God, hallelujah, it doesn't just affect him, it affects me. And all of a sudden I start seeing things, God help me in here, different because of a sound that I released. This is why, hallelujah, you have to understand that worship is not just for him. Worship is for you. God, help me in here. He don't need your worship. Before he ever created you, he was fine. I would dare say worship is more for you because of what it does for you when you release a sound. Are you in this place, church? Woo. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. My God, I don't have time. If I had time, I would take you to Psalm 73 where you hear the song of a man named Asaph. And Asaph said this, and I'm going to be playing just like him. He said, I almost stumbled. I ain't getting no amens right there. I almost stumbled when I saw the way the wicked prospered. He said, I started seeing people that were living like hell, still raking it in. I started, I started seeing people that weren't living right and were still healthy and still seemed to be progressing in their life. I started seeing people that didn't even reverence God, hallelujah, accumulating things and possessions. And when I saw it, I almost stumbled. It messed with me because here I am trying to live right, trying to live holy, hallelujah. And I got people in my family that are sick. You don't hear what I'm saying. I got bills that ain't getting paid, hallelujah. And I'm in church and I'm paying my tithes, hallelujah. And so when I saw that, I almost stumbled. But then I came into the sanctuary of the Lord. God, help me in here. Do you know what happens in the sanctuary? Come on, somebody. We praise his name in the... And the Bible says that when he got in the sanctuary of the Lord, he saw their end. In other words, hallelujah, when he got into the place of praise, he gained perspective that he didn't have when he didn't get in the place of praise. Are you in this place, church? Let me show you something else. Show me, show me, show me. 2 Samuel 12, 19. I think it's 12, 19. I hope it is. 2 Samuel 12, 19. You guys doing all right? 2 Samuel. Watch this. How many of you know that David had a son? He's about seven years old. David's praying and fasting for this son. He's praying and fasting for him for a while. He's not eating. He's not even bathing. He's in what the Old Testament calls sackcloth and ashes. He is grieving. Are you hearing what I'm saying? For his son not to die. Amen, somebody. Watch this. Here's what happened. But when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore, David said unto his servants, is the child dead? And they said, he is dead. And David arose, it is a man of faith, and David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Now, now you, you think about the worst thing that can happen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That you lose someone dear to you. And do you think you can immediately do what David does? He asked them, is the child dead? And the minute they say yes, he gets up. He washes. He anoints himself. He goes in the temple and he worships. Watch this. Then he came to his own house. <laughs> and when he required 
they set bread before him and he ate. Watch this now. Next verse. Then said his servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done? Thou didst fast and weep for the child while it was alive. But when the child was dead, thou didst rise and eat bread. Notice what David says. And he said, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, Who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? No, I shall go to him. I shall go to him, but he shall not return unto me. Now, what I want you to notice in sequence is he worships. He gets the bad news, and immediately the next thing he does is he worships. When he worshiped, he gains perspective. It was in the middle of worship while he was in God's house, hallelujah, that I believe the Lord ministered to him and told him, hallelujah, the child is gone and he's not coming back. But know this, the child is all right and the child is in my presence. My God, hallelujah, and though the child will not return to you, you shall come to your child. So do you understand what I'm saying here? He went into the house of the Lord and he released a sound. And when he released a sound, he gained perspective. Because your sound can change your sight. Blind Bartimaeus can testify, I made a sound and my sight came back. You need clarity. You need next steps. You need to know what's next. Make a sound. Are you hearing your praise will give you perspective? Are you blessed in here? If you're blessed, shout glory. glory. Woo. My God, have mercy in here. Show me Job 120. Job 120. I'm running out of time. Job 120. Hallelujah, Jesus. Watch this. Now, how many of you know Job's story? Job's story, could, could, we can classify as being worse than David's. Because David lost one son, Job lost ten in one day. Now, you know, I could lose a child. I have four, bless God, and I can't imagine losing one, let alone losing all of them. But if you lose one, hallelujah, I, I, don't, I don't know because it's never happened to me, but at least three of them are left to comfort me, right? But losing all of them in one day, I want you to hear this story. He loses them all in one day. This is what happens next. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head, fell down upon the ground. These are the little things you got to think about before you compare yourselves to some of these men in the Bible. All right, because these are heroes right here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I don't know, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and act cute in the presence of God. I don't know that the first thing I'm going to do is worship after I lose all my kids. I will hope that I have that kind of faith in me somewhere. But I know he did it. Because the word said he did it. Now watch this. Show me the next verse. And said, naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave. 
Listen to this man. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Whether he gives or takes, blessed be. The name. Look at the next verse. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Are you in this place, church? If you ask me, what is it that could keep a man from not losing his cool in a situation like that? It would have to be his worship. His worship kept him. He didn't sin. The Bible says he kept his integrity. His own wife got upset and said, curse your God and die. Are you still holding on to your integrity after everything we've seen? You know what he told her? He said, woman, stop talking foolish. Job messed all of hell up. With one-liners, he's famous for one-liners, with one-liners like, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? My God, help me in here. This I know, my Redeemer liveth. <laughs> he said, regardless of what happened, here's what I do know. I might not know the answers to a lot of the things that are happening in my life right now, but this I know. My Redeemer, he lives, hallelujah. And what has transpired doesn't change who he is. He's still God. He's still sitting on the throne, hallelujah. And he's still worthy of my worship. Oh, God, have mercy in here. I got it. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Blind Bartimaeus were here. He will tell you, my faith changed my sight. My faith changed my sight. Now, if you know that story like I do, at the end, when Jesus asked him, what will I do? What, what will you have me to do for you? He said, that I might see. And Jesus looked at him and said, your faith has made you whole. And you're like, what faith? His faith was exhibited by his sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was faith because his sound was not tied to his sight. Like many of us, are you hearing what I'm saying? I can't see, still got a sound. Oh, God, help me in here. And I wonder if I got anybody in this place that could say, I can't see my way clear right now, but I still got a sound. God, help me in here. If blind Bartimaeus were here, he would tell you, even if you don't have God, help me in here. Sight, you can still have a sound. Make a sound. Amen? Are you blessed, church? He let his sound seep. Amen? Woo. Now, if you know this story like I do, if you know this story like I do, when he started making a sound, there were in the vicinity what I like to call sound barriers. Sound barriers that came in the form of people. And when he started making his sound, these sound barriers came to try to quiet him. And if you know the text like I do, they came to him and they said, or the Bible says they charged him to be quiet. To keep 
silent. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm going to submit to you. Hallelujah. That when you decide that you are going to elevate your praise, there are going to be those that are going to come as sound barriers to try to quiet or limit the sound that you make. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you might be in here and say, that's all right. I got something for the devil. But let me help you in here. The ones that were telling him to be quiet were actually walking with Jesus. And so I said, wait a minute, something wrong with this picture. Because if you're walking with Jesus, you shouldn't be trying to limit someone else's sound, hallelujah. But it was almost as these individuals, hallelujah, were happy to be blessed themselves by Jesus. But when Jesus decided he was going to bless somebody else, they had a problem with it. So I'm cool as long as you bless me, Jesus, but if you bless somebody else, I got a problem with it. And so watch this, I got some advice for you so that, hallelujah, you decide that you're going to release a sound unto the Lord and these sound barriers show up. Here's what you need to do. Next point. Are y'all not hearing what I'm saying in here? Hallelujah. How many of you know this story? How many of you really know this story? The Bible says they told him to be quiet, but he raised his voice all the more. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are not let any person, any circumstance, hallelujah, limit the sound that you make. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Perhaps there's somebody even in this place right now under the sound of my voice and you have allowed, hallelujah, watch this, either someone or something, hallelujah, to quiet yourself sound hallelujah and I came to tell you that you were right on the brink and oftentimes it's right when you're on the brink of your breakthrough that the enemy comes to quiet your sound but if you just keep on making a sound God help me in here blind by the man said leave me alone Jesus hey. I need a miracle and I need it right now hallelujah and Jesus is passing by he's not even walking in my direction so I'm gonna get his attention Woo. you need to quiet down it don't take all that we in the house of God you must not need nothing Show me Acts 16 and 25. I'm running out of time. You guys doing all right? Acts 16, 25. I'm going back to Paul and Silas for a minute. Watch this now. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. We could have stopped it right there, right? But you would have probably limited your praise if we stopped it right there, right? But look at what it says. And the prisoners heard them. So watch this, it wasn't just a praise that was limited to square footage. It wasn't just a praise that was limited to a small space that no one else can hear except me. Because you know, I praise God my own way. 
But the text says that when Paul and Silas prayed and praised God, the prisoners, it didn't say the prisoner next door. It said they were in solitary confinement. They were in the lowest part of the prison. And when they started singing, the prisoners, oh God, the whole jail heard their praise. Are you in this place? And so praise is audible. You can worship God by closing your mouth and bowing down, but you can't praise him that way. Praise is audible and visible. If you really praise, someone's going to hear you doing it and someone's going to see you doing it. That's a real praise. Oh, God, I'm losing them, Lord. Can I help you here in the little bit of time we got left? This book, the Bible, is a noisy book. It's a, when I read this, this ain't no quiet read. This is a loud book. All right, you don't believe me. All right, show me one more. Psalm 33 and 1. Psalm 33 and 1. And then for the sake of time, I'm going to read a couple more just so that you can understand what I'm talking about. Rejoice in the Lord, all ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Next verse. Praise the Lord with harp. Sing unto him with the psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Next verse. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a, not just, with a loud noise. Now, if that's not enough, let me give you some other reasons why I know God likes it loud. Watch this. Psalm 81, verses 1 and 2. Sing for joy to God our strength. Shout aloud to the God of Jacob. Begin the music. Strike the tambourine. Play the melody of the harp and the lyre. Psalm 95, 1 and 2. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. Psalm 98, 4 and 6. Watch this. Shout for the joy, shout for joy to the Lord. All the earth burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and with the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the king. Isaiah 12, 4 and 6. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord for he has done glorious things. Let this be known in all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. Is that enough? You need some more? Okay. Zephaniah 3 and 14. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. Psalm 66 verses 1 and 2. Shout joyfully to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. 2 Chronicles 13 and 15. Watch this. Then the men of Judah raised a war cry. And when the men of Judah raised the war cry, then it was God who routed Jeroboam before Abijah and Judah. Now listen to this. Check out what happened when God's presence arrived in the camp of the Israelites. 
through the Ark of the Covenant. And when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted so loudly, the earth shook. Yeah, okay, just in case you don't believe me, 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 5. Listen, when David brought the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem, the Bible says that the people of God shouted so loud that the whole earth shook. There is a praise that can shake the earth. If all the people of God would praise him, the whole earth would shake. And God would like it. Oh, y'all not hearing what I'm saying. In here, watch this. When the wall of Jerusalem was dedicated, I'm talking about Nehemiah's wall. In Nehemiah 12 and 42, the Bible says the singer sang loudly with Jezreiah, the director. And if that, and I'm just going to paraphrase this last one. And if that wasn't enough, watch this. When Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, the Bible says that all the disciples that were there started making a loud noise unto the Lord. And the Pharisees, the religious people, because they don't like it loud. The religious people called to him from the crowd. And when Jesus came, they said, rebuke them. And tell them to stop this loud noise. And Jesus looked at them and said, I will not. Because he likes it loud. He said, I will not. As a matter of fact, if they don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. My God, help me in here. He was saying, I'm so worthy of praise. Hallelujah. If no man decided to praise me, the rocks will break open. Hallelujah. And start praising me. Are you hearing me? So we don't need to come in here all quiet. Knowing that he likes it loud. That's why the Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. You come in that way. You don't even wait for the worship team to work you up. From the minute you close the door to your vehicle in the parking lot, you should already be. Are you blessed in here? Ooh. Some, of you, some of you need to just let the enemy know. You might as well leave me alone. Because every time you bother me, I'm going to get louder. And every time you hit me, he's going to get it louder. God, help me in here. Hit me with sickness and I'll raise the volume. Hit me with pain and I'll raise the volume. Hit me with chaos and I'll raise the volume. Hit me with brokenness and I'll raise the volume. Hit me with fear and I'll raise the volume. Hit me with death and I'll still raise the volume. Hit me with doubt and I'll raise the volume and shout doubt down. Hit me with threats and I'm still going to raise the volume. I wish I had somebody in this place that's going through right now. Raise the volume. Raise the volume in here. Raise it. Oh. 
praise it. Shout with the voice of triumph. Ooh, make a joyful noise. That's what the Bible says. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Shout it from the housetop. I wish somebody would catch the attitude and say, hell, you better get ready. I'm about to deafen you. Oh, the church is about to release a sound that's going to shake the whole earth. The whole earth shall be full of the glory of God. Ah, Jesus. I'm finishing, man. Listen, God, on occasion will challenge you to stand still. But according to blind Bartimaeus, there is a praise that will make him stand still. Blind Bartimaeus said, Jesus! And the Bible says, and Jesus stood still. I got two minutes left. Just remain standing. Let me read this off to you. Let me read this off to you. I was going to take you to Judges. I was going to show you through the life of Gideon. And most of you are familiar with this story, so maybe I can read this off to you and then just reiterate it next week and I'll recap. Amen. But I was going to show you something very powerful. Hallelujah. Show me Judges 7 and verse 16. Let me read this. I'll read it off and we'll go home. Hallelujah. Listen to what it says. You know the story of Gideon? He's going up against 165,000 Midianites. And God has shrunk his army down from 30,000 to 300. He only has 300 men. And God says, we're going. Now, if God told you, you only got 300 and you're going against 165,000. But we're still going. I wonder how many people would say, let's go. But watch this, because this is what you need when the odds are against you. First, a divine strategy, and then a divine sound. Watch. And so here's what Gideon did. He divided the 300 men into three companies, 100, 100, 100. And he put, what? A trumpet in every man's hand. Every man, because your sound is important. You're not going to sit there by yourself and say, I'm going to let everybody else make a sound. And I'm not. It was important that all of them had a trumpet. Because everybody's sound is important. Watch this. With empty pictures, and I can't get into that, and lamps within the pictures. Next verse. And he said unto them, look on me and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so shall ye do. When I blow with the trumpet and all that are with me, then blow ye the trumpets. When I do it, you do it. Also on every side of all the camp and say, 
the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Now let me read off the next point. The next point, not the next verse. You need to model your sound. Watch, 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 watch. Do what I do. And when I blow the trumpet, you blow the trumpet. You need to model your sound. Who are you training with the sound you are releasing? Because whether you know it or not, whatever sound you're releasing is training somebody. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. So if the sound that you're releasing is a negative sound, it's affecting someone's ears. If the sound that you are releasing is a sound of complaining and murmuring, a sound of gossiping, that is the sound that is training. What sound are you releasing that's training the next generation? Your sound is training somebody. And Gideon is teaching us, you're the model my sound not just the blowing of the trumpet what I say what he say the army of the Lord are you hearing what I'm saying model let me get the next one real quick I gotta read it off because we're leaving the next point your sound will confuse the enemy this is why you can't stay quiet God help me in here are you hearing what I'm saying he only had 300 men. But 300 men had a sound. Oh, God help me in here. And the enemy's probably thinking, I send my worst attack against them. And they still got a sound. I send my worst addiction upon her life. And she still got a sound. I send that divorce. Still making a sound. I took a loved one. Still making a sound. And someone ought to just make the devil throw his hands up. In hell. And start kicking over tables and chairs. Talking about how is it? That they still have a sound. I thought we beat that out of them. And they're still praising. What in the world are we going to do? And all hell and his minions, hallelujah, depressed. Because they're like, we don't know what else to do. There are some people out there that don't serve God for stuff. They just praise him because of who he is. Do I got those people in here today? Some people, hallelujah, that like the Hebrew boys, we know that our God is well able to deliver us out of the fiery furnace. But if he does not, we're still going to praise him. We're still not going to bow down to your statue. It still doesn't change who he is. Satan said, Job only serves you for stuff. But if you let me touch his stuff, he'll curse you to your face. And God said, no, he won't. 
because he don't serve me for stuff. I don't have to do nothing else for him, for him to praise me. And I wonder if I got anybody like that in here. If he don't do another thing, he's already done enough. I have eternal life right now. My soul is saved. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Oh, that's enough. His blood washed my sins away. Oh, God, he don't have to do nothing else. And I'm ready to praise him for the rest of my days. And the last one, we'll leave you. Your sound will carry. Your sound. How do I know? Watch this. We're leaving. How do I know? Gideon only had 300 men. Anybody else would have said, we need more soldiers. But here's a word for somebody in here. I don't know who you are. You don't need more soldiers. You just need more sound. Do you hear what I just said? You don't need no more soldiers. You don't need no more stuff. You don't need no more resources. You just need more sound. Who am I preaching to in here? If you're watching me and you're heading up a ministry, you don't need more people. You don't need more stuff. You just need more sound. Raise the volume. Right in this season, all you need is more sound. Oh God, help me in here. Raise the volume, church. Woo! can't do it but I was going to read this whole I printed something out today that I thought was real powerful was talking about how sound works and how when the sound is released when the sound is released see I don't want to mess it up so watch this hearing is our primary warning sense it is hardwired into our primal brain traveling watch this now direct to the instinctive limbic region and not to the rational interpretive cortex where visual signals are decoded. That is why it is far easier to upset someone through their ears than through their eyes. Sound goes very deep, very fast. That testifies to me as to why when God wanted to scare the Midianites away for Gideon, he didn't use a vision. He used the sound. Because sound travels deep and sound travels fast. And God's trying to teach you to war through sound. In other words, the enemy needs to hear you coming before he sees you coming. So let your sound carry you into victory. 
This is why Jehoshaphat said, put the singers in the front. And the Bible says that as they sang praises unto God, God said, ambushments on the enemy. And when these people started to blow the trumpet, Gideon's men, the enemy turned their swords to each other in confusion. Because your sound will confuse the enemy. Are you in this place, church? Are you in this place, church? Oh, my God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Listen, Einstein thought nothing was faster than the speed of light. And you might have thought the same thing. Watch this. But in 2007, a team of U.S. physicists discovered that superluminal acoustic sound waves can actually outperform light in speed and velocity under certain conditions. With that finding, stay with me, I'm going somewhere. The potential for sound-based technology became even more apparent. In 2014, a Japanese team of scientists from the University of Tokyo used sound to levitate objects. As big as a small screw in midair, moving them not just up and down, but also to and fro and side to side. They used an array of four audio speakers generating inaudible high-frequency sound waves that intersect inside a confined space. The crossover of these intersecting waves creates standing waves. Some standing waves are kept in constant position, serving as a suspending force, while other waves are used to support a floating object within the standing waves. And so I came to tell somebody in this place today that your elevation is coming through your sound. They are using sound to elevate objects. Are you in this place, church? Ooh. There was another scripture I wanted to show you, but even in the New Testament, Paul says that if you make a, if you make a sound with the trumpet that is uncertain, then how will the men ready themselves for battle and what you have to understand is that in that day they released a sound that was so certain that when they released it the people know whether they had to advance or whether they had to retreat and so the sound had to be clear and the trumpeteer had to stand close to the king so that when the king gave him the single the signal he would blow the sound amidst all the screaming the sound of the horses and the chariots so the sound had to be clear. How clear is your sound? Because if the sound wasn't clear, when the people heard it, they wouldn't know what to do. Is that the sound to advance? Is that the sound to retreat? And if the sound was uncertain, some would be running forward, some would be running backward. And the enemy would take advantage of the confusion and send a mighty blow. How clear is your sound? When you come in here week after week, is your sound clear? Or is 
one Sunday your sound higher than another Sunday? Or is your sound on one Wednesday lower than on another Wednesday? Because if it is, that is an uncertain sound. And when God is looking for warriors to put in the forefront, he's not picking people whose sound is not clear. Who lets, hallelujah, their sight dictate their sound. Therefore, sometimes it's high and sometimes it's low. That's confusing. Do you love them or not? Are you in it or not? My sound is certain. My sound is consistent. My sound is loud. Let me in here. You're going to hear me when I make a sound. Hallelujah. My God, and if, if I got any trumpeteers in the place, let's release one last sound before we go home in this place.